this is Emily. And this is Bridget. And this is Stuff Mom Never Told You. And today, I am really stoked for the conversation we're going to have around a term that I actually have to admit, as much as I read about, think about, and write about women's issues and feminism... I had only recently stumbled upon this term, benevolent sexism. So I think what's funny is that the initials of it are BS. Right. Because that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Total BS. And I'm excited to talk through what the heck benevolent sexism actually is, what it looks like. And I think of it almost as like sexism light, L-I-T-E. Diet sexism? Yeah, totally diet sexism because it seems palatable. It seems harmless. It seems like almost politeness. Right. But sometimes we have to, uh, as women especially, but as men and women, recognize and call out the harmful sexism that is benevolent sexism. So this really became uh, on my radar, became more of my collective consciousness around this issue with Vice President Mike Pence. You may recall a few months ago, there was an article popping up about his policy around not dining with women in his office alone. Okay, can I just say how creepy that is? That was the creep, one of the creepiest things. And you, yeah. I, uh, in college, I had a professor who, um, had a policy where he would not have office hours alone with a female student. And so he would have male students in his office alone, no problem. But if you were a female student, Jeez. you wouldn't have office hours like in the library or in a coffee shop. And right. so I just found that to be so strange. Like you can't be alone with me because I'm a female, I'm a female student of yours. Like we have to go to a public place. Otherwise, right. what? Well, that's the thing, right? And, and what came out of that kerfuffle with, uh, with the Veep's office is that there's a lot of offices here in Washington, D.C., but also, I'm sure, on college campuses, where that's become a policy well-intended to keep women safe, well-intended to keep people from talking about rumors, about what it might mean if a woman's alone with her boss or with her professor. But that's actually not good, right? It's not good. It's not good because it prevents women from being in, first of all, treated as equals, which is really like what feminism equal humans, is all equal about. people. And second of all, of being, um, having the same access to VIPs. So if the VIP in your office, your boss, your elected official who you're serving can't be alone with you, can't have dinner with you. And in his case, it was unless his wife was present. Um, then what does that mean about the relationship building that can happen that's essential to women's career success? And I think, I think you really hit the nail on the head and that like, Think about all of the access that you get when you're able to have that one-on-one time with your boss, with a right. decision maker, with somebody important, right? Like if you were, I think that women are kind of excluded from a lot of that in other ways too, where it's like, oh, the men in the office are going to go to, mm-hmm. you know, a strip club or something like that. Like Jeez. I think there, there was a big example of yeah. that recently, I think with Uber, where they went to a, um, a, I think it was a strip club. Um, and the women in the office came, but felt, you know, very uncomfortable, made complaints and that, if you are, you know, how many ways can Uber get that wrong? <laughs> Honestly, how many headlines does Uber have to have before they just call it a day? We'll find out. We'll keep, we're keeping a running list. Uh, if Lyft wants to call us and sponsor the podcast, I would gladly accept that call because, uh, Uber needs to shape up or ship out. Exactly. So let, let's, 
break this down a little bit because, um, you know, we're going to talk about the intricacies of why this can get even more complicated. But the ironic part about benevolent sexism is that the people who perpetuate it are some are often doing so with women's best interests at heart. And so it can it can feel well intended and yet totally dehumanizing for women. So it actually this term benevolent sexism was coined in 1996 with a study done by Peter Glick and Susan Fisk. They wrote a paper on this concept that they called ambivalent sexism. And in that paper, they defined two kinds of sexism. Hostile sexism is what most of us think of when we think about sexism. Angry, explicitly negative attitudes toward women. So this angry, meninist, you know, men's rights style uh, sexism that's pretty overt. But the kind of guy you find on the internet who like clearly hates women, like has yeah. a problem with women because they're women. <laughs> yeah, um, which is a whole different category than what we're talking about today. And in the paper, they went on to say, quote, we define benevolent sexism as a set of interrelated attitudes towards women that are sexist in terms of viewing women stereotypically and in restricted roles, but that are subjectively positive in feeling or t- in feeling and tone for the perceiver and also tend to elicit behaviors typically categorized as pro-social, like helping or intimacy seeking, like self-disclosure, meaning they basically are, are taking care of women, right? So these are behaviors like, well, I don't, you know, women need my protection. Women need my caring and support. And to be caring and supportive and protective of women, we're not going to ask you to join us at the golf club after work for this meeting because that's no place for you. No place for a little lady. No place for a little lady, a little lass like you. And it's like that verbal pat on the head that is so dismissive and so dehumanizing and has real ramifications. It does. And I think it's, you know, when I was reading the research for this episode, I was really sort of struck by the way it operates in a, along a similar axis of like race. Yeah. Where everyone knows that like there are racists out there who are, you know, they hate, they hate people of color. They, they, you know, have these negative attitudes about people of color. But then there's another kind of racism where it's like, oh, Latino women are so fiery or, mm. you know, black people are great dancers, right? Like where it's like posi- <laughs> positive, it's positive feeling, feeling yeah. but actually still, still rooted in sort of ugly race related stereotypes. And it's that otherness. Exactly. And it's easy to have happen. It's easy for, for people to fall into that trap. So I think it's important for us to be able to recognize it. And also that intersection of benevolent sexism and racism that came up in the research. It's wild, yeah. Which blew my mind was this idea of like men need to protect women. This is like way back, hopefully, not a thing anymore. I'm sure it is in some places. But um, that idea of like we white men need to protect our women from scary, you know, black men in the neighborhood. Right. And it's funny. It's, it's, I mean, not funny. It's horrifying how much of our sort of cultural norms are built into this idea that like, you know, black men and white women living together, we must protect white women. We must protect white womanhood at all costs. Right. Even if like ultimately it's actually bad for the woman. And I also think what's so fascinating about the fact that this is sort of rooted in a kind of race, according to this study of right. racism, is that it totally erases black womanhood from the mix. Right. And so if all, if this entire cultural norm is based around white men protecting white women from black men, like, where are black black women women in this? They're totally erased from the mix. Yeah, which is unfortunately common, I think, on conversations around race and gender. 
And man, we've got a lot more to talk about on that. There's like 17 other episodes in there. Stay tuned. We should just like, we should have a couple episodes on intersectional feminism 101 moving forward, but we'll, we'll, we'll go there and, and listeners let us know if that's something you want to hear more about as well. Cause it will be part of every conversation I think that Bridget and I have. I love, I want to bring attention to this op-ed penned by a dude named Clarence Page that was titled When Politeness Closes Career Doors to Women, which really unpacked the troubling nature of Pence's dinner policy. And I think put at, you know, put in clear terms just how challenging and troubling and negative even these seemingly positive twists on sexism can actually be. He said, quote, people do talk. I'd agree. Like, they talk about Definitely. you and your boss hanging yeah. out solo. But how much should we care? Efforts to avoid the possibility of gossip should not require the certainty of unfairness. Right. Which I thought was so clear. He said, listen, treating any employee differently on account of gender is probably illegal under the civil rights laws that Congress has passed. And yet, here's Pence basically overtly stating, here's how we treat women explicitly differently. And so this no girls allowed policy anywhere is like not okay. And that's obvious. And I think what's so striking about this, this piece is that it really drives home this fact that ultimately it is hurting women, right? Yeah. Like even if it's, even if I think with things like this, what's important to keep in mind is that intentions are great, but they don't really matter. And so even if you are well intentioned, you're doing this because you don't want, you know, people to gossip about your relationship and like all of that. Mm. Even if you're doing it with good intentions, you're actually, you know, not treating your, you know, a, a woman like an equal. And I think that's right. really what the... That's all we're asking for. Exactly. So we have to look at the outcomes. Even when the intentions are pure, we have to look at the outcomes. I think that's true in your office policy, in our public policy, in our own personal policy. Totally. And being willing to be open-minded when you're proceeding with the best of intentions, but get feedback that says, hey, this is how this actually affects me as a woman in your office. I feel left out these conversations. Totally. Um, I have an interesting example, which is like very kind of small scale, I think, <laughs> but I was just reading it. Um, I love reading advice columns and like advice blogs. And there was really? a blog. Wait, oh, I read what? them. It's my like, is I it like read, Dear Polly is an ask, Dear Polly, ask, ask Amy. Oh, um, shout out to Slate. Um, it's my oh favorite my, one. I like that one. I like could read them forever. Girl. They're so good. Um, but there is one. Notice they're all women. They're all women. We need yes. to do an episode on that. <laughs> oh, that's good. I'm just scribbling it down. Advice. Yeah, columns. Are there any advice columns <laughs> written by men? That's a good question. Ooh, um, but oh. yes. Yeah, so, so it's a, a woman writing in and she says that she works on like the top floor of her building and that, you know, usually in the elevator, it's a mix of men and women. It's a very crowded elevator and that one of her coworkers is always going out of his way to make sure the women get off the elevator first. Mm. But actually this tends to create kind of a like, confusing and like awkward, you know, just logistical situations mm -hmm. where people are moving out of the way and getting off the elevator and he doesn't do it for the men. And basically she's like, I know that he's doing it because it's a polite, he thinks it's a polite, polite. thing to do. It's, it's but it's actually like chivalry. Yeah. He thinks I'm it's like, like what chivalry. Is that word? Yeah. <laughs> chivalry. But then it's actually like creating a yeah. confusing and awkward situation yeah. for everybody else. Yeah. And basically she's like, oh, it will be different if he did it for everybody, men and women. But I don't think that, you know, this dumb kind of gender throwback thing should be like making mm. everybody's elevator time more complicated and more difficult. And it's, inter it's just interesting <sighs> how so many of these little things are rooted in trying to be nice to like delicate women. What do you but... think about opening doors for women? What do you think about it? Well, I, I somehow, I read this study somewhere that 
when women hold doors open for men, men feel negative about oh. it. I don't know where it was. So That's I'll try to track it down and then put it in the notes. But I, I think that popped up on my radar a couple months ago. And I just did that today on my way here. Held the door open I, for a dude? Yeah. So actually it was fascinating. So I was leaving lunch at this like grab and go type Mediterranean place. Right. And a man was holding the door open in front of me because he was coming in. I was leaving. But this man, another man, man number two, was in front of me also leaving. Mm. So there's one guy holding the door open. He's clearly standing there with the door open. Right. There's a guy in front of me leaving. And the guy in front of me pushed the other door, went to push the other door open. What? He really didn't want the other guy to hold the door open for him. Funny enough, that door that he just went to push was locked. <laughs> so I'm watching this all go down. And the guy who's holding the door open just has this little smirk on his face. Oh, my as God. the other guy it's attempts like, to go in his own way and open his own damn door I wish I had seen that. And then I, I walk past, you know, I, I leave as well and I say thank you to the guy. So it's like, I, I know a lot of women who, like, are offended by right. the door opening. And this is what it goes back to being treated differently. Right. So hold the damn door open for men and women and you're not perpetuating benevolent sexism. Because we don't want to be treated differently. Exactly. I'm not a little fragile lady. Right. I can open a door. Right. So like I I was curious to get your take. So for me, my my policy on door opening, and I get that this is a very out there policy, I don't like it when anybody opens the door for me because I feel like, you know that feeling that you get when you're like, indebted to them? I, yeah. I feel like it's like you have to, they want you to be like, oh, thank you in this right. like oversized way. Also, Would you I like hate- my number in exchange <laughs> yes, for that? Yeah. Yes. I also hate it when you're walking kind of slow and someone's holding the door and you're like, you're supposed to like kind of hustle to like really? get there faster. Oh, um, I do that. Do I hold you? the door open when I have to wait a second, even if someone's like, Two steps so I don't, me. I don't mind it, but I'm always in my mind. It's like, well, oh, yeah. great. Now I have You're to like shuffle. To, like, hustle. <laughs> yeah. Or at least like, but that's, it's, there's like a that's performative aspect of yeah, it where it's is. like, even if you're Aren't not nice. going any faster, yeah. you have to like pretend and then the other person feels, I, I just, it is a weird, it's a weird thing. It's a weird, it's a weird society thing. That it I, is. I feel like I've tried to like opt out of a little bit. <laughs> yeah. That's a good, I mean, just go extra slow. Yeah. And then it crosses that threshold into how long I'm willing to wait. You know and then I mean? that's awkward. It's where it's like, it's you know, so wait for funny. 10 minutes. I know. Oh my God. Okay. What the hell are we talking about? We're talking about <laughs> benevolent sexism here. Actually, you know what? Now would be a good time to take a break. And then when we come back, we'll talk about how benevolent sexism is actually linked to heightened levels of violence against women in general. So we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. <laughs> All right. So we're talking through benevolent sexism and how even though it looks like the nicest form of being a misogynist. So sweet. It's still this. It's still sexism. Sweet sexism is still, in fact, sexism. So I found that this this report here that we came across uh, from the Harvard Business School on gender and work really shone a light on how very not innocuous benevolent sexism can be. Right. And so, again, we are sort of talking about it in terms of being this, like, nice form of of sexism that's sort of rooted in wanting to protect women, but it's actually, according to the study, been linked to, you know, violence against women. So according to a report for the Harvard Business School's Gender and Work Conference, countries with more benevolent sexism also tend to have more overt, hostile sexism. In addition, places where people hold more benevolently sexist beliefs tout fewer women in government and business leadership roles. 
Furthermore, women who buy into benevolent sexism exhibit more hostility toward women who buck gender roles. That I find really compelling. Totally. So again, you're thinking of this as like being really nice, but actually it's a sign of something is is amiss, right? That mm-hmm. people are just that you're in a society where people have negative mm-hmm. views about women and women are being treated not just sort of benevolently in a sexist way, but overtly in a sexist way. And that's again like hostility toward women or just, right. you know, outright treating women badly. So they're linked. In other words, it looks like it's not such a bad thing. But anyone who's like and this is I find that the end of that quote this idea that women who buy into benevolent sexism can perpetuate these negative stereotypes too. Totally. Totally resonates with me because still, I, I mean, my most feminist friends will say, oh, these are just the boys playing video games. This is just what boys do. This is what comes with being, you know, they're playing seven hours of shoot 'em up video games solid. That's just what you get right. with, with guys and living with guys. Or my friend uh, and, and former um, roommate, would be like, oh, I can't reach that. Can you help me? It's just little old me here. I need a handy, I'm big, strong handyman. <laughs> and I'm not saying like, that's not true for you. But the idea of connecting your gender to these underlying right. beliefs or the man's gender to these preconceived notions of what comes with that can be really like beyond annoying. It can be really messed up, messed up and it can actually... I think create the sense of, of learned helplessness. Totally. Totally. Women. And I think that like, cause I, I heard a little bit of myself in that like impression of your roommate that you were doing <laughs> because I have this, I have this thing where I hate bugs. And so if there's a bug in the mix, yeah. I'm not going around it. I don't like bugs. Either. I'm, I like, I, I mean, hate them. I like bugs to just live and let live. Yeah. I'm not saying, yeah, exactly. I yeah. don't want them in my house. And yeah, so when either. I see one, I'm, I kind of retreat into this like, <laughs> You know, I don't have to do this because I'm a girl, right? Right. And so <laughs> what's it's better to say, like, I don't have to, I'm not going to do this because me, Bridget, I, as an individual, right. am not cool with bugs. Yeah. When you connect it with sort yeah. of like the gender, like, right. oh, can you kill this bug? Because I'm simply a meek, helpless woman who cannot right. handle a right. bug, right? Like, right. that's a different thing. And yeah. so I think it takes reminders. Like, I have to remind myself that, like, Same. it's about, you know, individuals and letting individuals, giving individuals the freedom to, you know, express who they are mm. on their own terms, right? And so, and not sort of making it about, yeah. you know, yeah. men are, of course, men are going to play video games because all men do that. Right. Or of course, women are going to do X, Y, Z because that's how mm-hmm. women are. It's just an oversimplification that is dehumanizing. Totally. You know who put this brilliantly and I think is maybe the woman who first raised my awareness on benevolent sexism is our pal Liz Plank. Friend of the show. She's amazing. You might know her from her great work on 2016-ish, her show for Vox, um, and her long history of reporting with Mike. Um, but recently she sat down with the amazing... Uh, Dylan Marin of Seriously TV, and she shot it down. She broke down the whole misconception of benevolent sexism being benign by just saying, and I thought she put this so simply and so perfectly, you know, we as women don't want to be treated differently. We want to be treated equally. And we need to remember that. Yeah. And... We need to focus on the outcomes of difference, right? When when otherness yields negative outcomes that shut women out, that put women in a box or put men in a box, then that's an unfair, outdated, frankly, stereotype. And I think it goes so goes back so well to what you were just saying about sort of, you know, the freedom to express individuals need to be able to express themselves regardless of gender and like 
when you make it about, you know, all women do this or all men do that, those are the kinds of things that make it hard for people to get out of these gender boxes. Yeah. So if, we're, if we want to have a society where, you know, I mean, I think it's positive for men too, right? Like I think that totally. men are often, often kind of, imprisoned by this idea that men have to be this way or that mm-hmm. way, the same way that women are. And so I think Definitely. that if we want a society where that is not the case, mm-hmm. we have to keep this in mind. And it is tough. Like, I think that we all need a reminder. We fall into that. And I think, you know, my my best friends and I and the boo and I have gotten more comfortable challenging each other's assumptions mm-hmm. by saying, well, what do you mean by that? You know, or I thought you know, gender wasn't a restriction. You know what I mean? Like there's, I'm looking at some of these um, underlying beliefs behind benevolent sexism. And one of them is I love women. And I love women sounds like an innocuous feminist thing to say. It sounds like something my feminist friends might say like, ugh, I hate working with men. I just want to work with all women. And you're like, wow, that's not okay. It doesn't help when we say all women are or all men are. Right. Whether you're saying negative or positive there. I I dislike that aspect of benevolent sexism, that I love women thing so much. Like, I feel like I have seen that sort of like, and it it does sound nice, but I've seen that. I mean, Donald Trump, like, like lives this. He says that so often. I I love women. (sighs) As though I... Like women are a brand that you can be a fan of. Right. Like, I, I, yeah, exactly. And it's like, the idea that you can say like, oh, I love women and that that means that you can't like, you know, have hostility toward women or right, not right. respect women. To me, it's kind of related to this idea like uh, a couple of months ago, um, that filmmaker Nate Parker, that he was involved in that entire um, thing about his past, um, you know, sexual abuse of, of a classmate. Mm. And when he was called down on it, he was like, I love women. I have I have daughters, right? Like I have yeah. a, you know, I have a sister, like this idea that like, as men, if you have some sort of close personal relationship with a daughter, your wife, your mom, that lo- quote unquote love of women makes you not a massage. Exactly. It means that you can't have hostile, you know, attitudes yeah. for women. And I, I hate it. Like I saw it, um, yeah, quite a while ago during the GOP, um, debates. And one of the throwaway questions that they were asked was, if you could pick one woman to go on the $20 bill, who would you pick? And so many of them were like, oh, my wife, my daughter. And I remember thinking like, it's what? not, I know that you mean it in a complimentary way, but like the fact that you can't name another notable woman other than like someone in your own family is troubling Weird. and does not make it seem like you love women. No, or like respect women's contributions exactly. to history and, you know, our country. Exactly. Like America, you know? Peace. Well, I think that's, I think that's a really good point. I'm also starting to feel self-conscious about this because I have in the past been challenged by, you know, mixed gender audiences that I'm working with on combating unconscious bias. Let's say that's one of my like signature talks that I give at companies and recently was working with an IT company in the finance and uh, defense industry. Mm-hmm. So like cybersecurity meets finance meets gender, right? So they were, or that was the topic of the day. That's a lot already. And so I'm looking on the audience and it's like mostly male, mostly pale, mostly above the age of 50. And here's Emily from Boss Bet <laughs> to give us a little <laughs> chat about combating unconscious gender bias. And I remember thinking I had to defend myself by saying things like, I love men. I have brothers. I, you know, I have a boyfriend to make it like oh. clear that I'm I'm not, not like a man-hating feminist. Yeah. yeah. And now I'm unpacking that and thinking, that is messed up. And like... 
But it's interesting that you felt like you had to, like you had to credential yourself yeah. in that way. Like, I'm, I may be talking about gender bias, yeah. but I don't hate men. Right. And to be fair, I didn't open with that. That was like in the <laughs> Q&A portion. But I distinctly remember afterwards talking with people about Hannah Rosen from the Atlantic oh, Magazine sure. and her great research and her great TED Talk, which, you know, her book was called The End of Men, which is maybe <laughs> the most hyperbolic title ever. But she talks about how unconscious bias is troubling for men and little boys, especially for whom ha- we have like a learning crisis in our school systems right now, blah, 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 blah. I was trying to make myself clear that feminism is good for everyone. But I did, I had that, you know, this benevolent kind of of sexism can feel like a kind of a throwaway shortcut. Yeah. Of proving yourself. Totally. As woke when you are just cutting corners in a way that totally. you can't. Totally. And I think that I, I just want to underscore that point that like, this is something that we all like, I struggle with it. You struggle with it. Totally. Like, I think it's something, and that's like the trip of gender, the same as like race or other things yeah. that we deal with, right? Like we are constantly unpacking, constantly confronting, even right. within ourselves. Right. And so I went through a phase where I was really into like arguing with dudes on Twitter. And I remember it was, um, <laughs> it was a holiday weekend when I got into a long, hours long argument about Ghostbusters. And I kept feeling like I, the, the, remake the remake of Ghostbusters, yeah, I was the like, reboot. Tell me it's about the remake. Yeah. Um, and you know, I sort of felt my, I felt like I was coming off as a quote unquote shrill feminist. And so I kept sort of oh. feeling like I needed to be like, you know, qualifying it, qualifying it and like making myself seem very jovial, very, you know, <laughs> a happy feminist. Like, oh, I'm one of the boys. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not one of those angry feminists. Relatable. Um, yeah. Relatable. That's BS. I shouldn't have to, you know, I shouldn't have to fall back on this like lazy understanding of gender and talking about gender right. just to like credential myself as, as not as like not one of these threatening, you know, people who hate men. Angry black woman. Exactly. I didn't want to be an angry trope. black woman. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's that's good to to acknowledge and I mean, I hope that everyone here at Sminty knows that we, when we say we, we want to be treated like equals and humans, that includes all of our flaws and all of our weaknesses and all of our stumbles. And I think the more like honest and candid we can be about that, I mean, you know, we're imperfect humans. And so let's, let's figure this out. So, so I hope that we can sort of all get better together. We can all boss up and feminist up Let's get and whatever better that together. looks I like. I love that. Yeah. Don't you see the more you know star going across the screen? <laughs> do, 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 do. I love it. That's, that, I'm getting nostalgic for like my PBS <laughs> station 25 years ago. So we're going to talk about some ways that you can actually combat this kind of sexism after this quick break. just talking about all of the ways that benevolent sexism rears its ugly but well-meaning but also ugly and but troubling kind of politely yeah. ugly. <laughs> it's politely ugly head and so we wanted to just talk through a couple of ways that you can combat this because mm-hmm. it's something that we all i think deal with so the first is call it out so you know when someone makes an assumption about you rooted in your gender don't be afraid to pause and point that out and so one of the ways that I see this play out a lot is um, when you're doing like um, organizing work and having meetings and things like that, someone has to be note taker. And so usually it'll be like, you know, if you've been, ever been in a situation like that, it's right. always like, oh, well, 
the assumption is that the woman is going to have good handwriting. She's going to be a good active listener and be mm-hmm. a great note taker. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we had a, a, a policy where when someone asked a woman to be a note taker, uh, we explicitly expected a man to be like, no, we always make women take notes and that's not cool. And so right. as a man, right. I'm going to take notes. So right. don't be afraid it's to cool. call it out. Um, I once saw like, a really hilarious thing on Twitter where someone was in like high school working on a group project and a guy had been like, take notes on this. And then the woman had been like, the, the female student had oh, been yeah, like yeah, taking yeah. notes. Yeah. And then when she turned the notebook around, it just said, I'm not your goddamn secretary. <laughs> <laughs> that was all she had written. Oh man. Oh my God. Please <laughs> listeners, please do that and tell me how it goes. Yeah, please don't... take a photo of that and like your, your, um, surreptitious notes. I love uh, it. So there's what, this reminds me of that Bustle article too on like seven ways to respond to benevolent sexism, which we'll include in the, the notes here. She says, when you're given quote, women's work, know that it's okay to say no. Right. So when someone says, Oh, girls are good at this, right? You, you ladies take care of this. Would you, your party planning committee, right? Just like the office, all the women were the party, party, party exactly, planning committee. Exactly. It's okay to say no. Um, what's so interesting about that is they've actually done studies that show that, um, and I, w- I wish I had done research around this, but. But you're imperfectly imperfect. But I'm imperfectly imperfect. And we love you. That in the workplace, women are sort of shouldered with the extra responsibility of these kinds of things. So it's like the caring and on top supporting. of your job, yeah. planning the party, yeah. you know, getting the card for Linda yeah. and accounting and making yeah. sure everyone signs right. it, bringing cupcakes, right. all of those little, you know, um, I forget the, the expression for it, but all of those other little kind of non-work related maintenance things, mm-hmm. they usually just fall to women. So it's like, being expected to do another job for free on top of your job, which mm-hmm. is absurd. And it's not bad to want to do that. It's bad to assign that work unconsciously based on gender. Exactly. And so I think the, another strategy here is to flip the script. Ooh, so what do you mean by that? Which I love because it's really about, you know, call when you call something like this out, you might want to say, listen, boss or colleague or whomever, would you say that to Jack and Joe and Jason and all the guys in the office just the same? Like flip the script and ask them, you know, is this exactly how you, is this what you would say if I were a guy? And so giving yourself that litmus test too, to, to when you're sort of unpacking, you know, was that, am I being a benevolent sexist here? I'm trying to be nice, but is, am I othering women in my office? Am I, am I treating women differently? Totally. Or am I treating them as respected peers and equals, ask yourself, would I say the same thing to a room full of men? And I think those are tough questions to ask. Yeah. Those are, it's, it's not simple. It's not really simple, but I think, um, those are, are ways to be more mindful. Exactly. About what can be unconscious and be- seemingly benevolent. And yeah, just, and just being willing to recognize that in all of, in ourselves, looking inward and mm-hmm. sort of being willing to be self-reflective. Because again, gender stuff is this big trip of, uh, you know, like minefields and... Yeah, it's tripwires everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> and so it's like, of course, we're all going to like, you know, have this kind of stuff play out in our own, yeah. in our own minds. And so just being willing to recognize it is and, really important. And being willing to get comfortable with being uncomfortable totally. a little bit can produce some really great outcomes. Totally. The last strategy that I really like here is... um you know, letting someone know that it's not okay when they're protecting you from bad news or information or whatever it might be. Sometimes in the office, especially when a project's not going well or a client's not happy, there's this, this trend that is all imbued with, imbe- with benevolent sexism, which is, oh, I didn't want to tell you that your, you know, your client project is really going off the rails here because I don't want you to worry your little head off about that. 
I don't I don't want you to like, you know, don't sweat it. I I I I'm hoarding this information or this bad news to protect you, sweet lady. And you have to say, listen, that's not okay because flip the script and, you know, use that technique, call it out, use that technique, and then say that I, in order to do my job as the respected professional that I want to be here, you need to be willing to share even bad news with me. Right. And again, I mean, like, like the idea that like you don't need someone else to fight your battles, like you don't need like you're a, yeah. a capable human, right. and that like someone doesn't have to protect you from mm-hmm. you know information that you need or whatever it is that you need, right? The same way that you don't yeah. need if you're an able-bodied adult, you don't need someone to open a door for you, like you right. you know you don't need someone to protect you from like something that's going right. to be bad or negative. And those unconscious assumptions that you need protecting or caring for can really dismiss women totally, full you know people that we are. Um, I find that a lot of the companies I work with have men who are afraid to give criticism to their subordinate women. Mm. So they're male managers, they've got women on the staff, and they have to tell, you know, the woman why her presentation went off the rails or why her attire is inappropriate for the office setting. And they're like, nope, I can't do this. I'm so not doing this. So then, and then women don't get. The, so they just don't get feedback? Yeah, they don't get the professional development they need. They don't get the feedback they need. And then it's like... And then are afraid. They're afraid of stumbling into the uh, tripwires that is, you know... This is this is exactly what we're talking about. Imagine yeah. if you were that that male boss who was freaked out about, you know, having this candid conversation with a, a female subordinate. I'm afraid subordinate. she's going to cry in my office. Right. And yeah. so then that, that female's employee goes on thinking that what she's doing is fine. It has, has not been like given right. this feedback that could actually be helpful to her. Right. And you're actually in the long term doing her a great disservice, right? right? Like if you'd pulled her aside right. and said, hey, here is some constructive criticism on yeah. your thing. I know you can handle it. I want to be straight up with you. Right. You're giving, you're doing her a favor by being exactly. honest and treating her the way that you would any other employee. But by not, by not giving her that respect that you would any other employee, you're actually making her you know, you're doing right. a disservice. That chivalry can be a real disservice. Like it's an attempt at chivalry and being a gentleman for a sweet little lady and it's unhelpful. So go forth within of Sminty and call it out. Flip the script. Know it's okay to say no to women's work. Know that you can be assertive about, you know, saying that I need to hear the bad news or the or the feedback that you have for me. And you know, let's make sure that we bring men along for the ride in educating one another about this seemingly nice form of sexism. You know, even when it means calling out our gal pals and our guy friends who are exhibiting these underlying beliefs about women or men based on gender alone. Let's get better together, people. Let's get better together. I want a bumper sticker that says <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you uh, so much for tuning in for another episode. And we want to hear from you. I want to know if benevolent sexism is something that you've seen in your office, in your workplace, in your kitchen table conversations, whatever it might look like. And is this something that you've struggled with? Like Bridget and I, have you found yourself accidentally falling back on thinking this is woman's work or this is man's work? I can't do this. And, you know, trying to be nice, uh, but instead finding yourself holding limiting beliefs based on gender alone. Is this a real issue? We want to hear from you. We want to hear how benevolent sexism has played out in your life. Um, Do you think it's a real thing? How's it going unpacking it? Let us know. Shoot us an email at momstuff at howstuffworks.com. 
Uh, you can tweet us at Mom Stuff Podcast on Twitter. And if you end up doing some subversive note taking yeah, in your meeting, I am not your secretary. Try not to get fired, but also send us a picture. <laughs> <laughs> We're Stuff Mom Never Told You on Instagram. 